Welcome back to the Casual Heresy Podcast. My name is Michael. And I'm Spencer. All right, I'll open us up in an opening prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, guide us in your will, so that we may be fruitful in this life, so we may give glory and honor to you all the days of our lives and for eternity. Thank you for the gifts of our families, our friends, and everything that we have. Lord, we pray that you send your grace upon us and upon our listeners so that we may continually each day practice our one holy Catholic and apostolic faith to the best of your will, not ours. Thank you for the gifts that you continually give to us. And we ask that you give us the grace to accept them. We pray all of this through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. What are we talking about today? What What does it mean to be a practicing Catholic? Maybe a devout practicing Catholic. There is a pretty big difference there between just a practicing Catholic and a devout practicing Catholic. Because mm-hmm. to be a practicing Catholic, it's let's be honest. The church does not ask much of us. No, not at all. To be a practicing (laughs) Catholic. Like, to be a practicing Catholic, I mean, I guess you sort of see the fruit of that in our culture right now. It's like, Mm -hmm. I mean, first off, in America, 17% of Catholics go to Mass weekly. Uh, apparently like i saw a stat this morning about that about that it's like 94 percent of nigerians of nigerian catholics go to mass weekly 17 percent american catholics go to mass weekly my gosh we gotta bring that culture of what the nigerians have heck yeah Cause no, it's yeah. Because it's interesting. Because that's one of the things actually that makes you not a practicing Catholic. That's one of the few. You actually what? have to go to mass. Ma- you have to go to mass every Sunday to be right? a practicing Catholic. Exactly. So, seventeen percent of Catholics go to mass each week, but that doesn't even make them fully practicing either. So there's probably nope. a smaller percent. My guess is around maybe ten percent. Uh, if you when you once we go through everything that we've talked about, maybe 10% are actually practicing. Mm-hmm. So you want to talk about the next thing that is required of us to be a practicing Catholic, Michael? Um, you have to go to confession once a year during Lent. Mm-hmm. That is That is required. And you're required to receive Holy Communion at least once a year. Right. That's to be on on Easter. And I think that's the, especially the confession one, 
is the one mm-hmm. that drops it down to the 10% guess because and it's not everybody does it every year period it's like mm-hmm. it's the most underrated sacrament prop the most underrated what should be common sacrament yes because mm-hmm. we should be going to I mean, depending on how you, you're living your life right now, you should probably be going just at least once a month to me. Yep. Like if you want to, if you want to bring it up to devout, <laughs> you should be. I would say, yeah, one, yeah. once a month to, to every other week, somewhere in there is the sweet spot for confession. Yep. Because you don't have to sit around and wait for wait for yourself to have committed a grave sin before you go to confession, <laughs> which right. I feel like is what some of us do sometimes. And uh, it's not, doesn't need to be that way. Cause if you just go often enough, it, you get the grace that leads you away from sin mm-hmm. for starters. I but mean, also, we also, yeah. yeah, we during mass, like are we confess to almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters that I have greatly sinned. So we, we confess our, like we're forgiven for our venial sins during mass. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So you, you like you're forgiven of those, but a lot of people probably don't even realize that, but I think it's very beneficial to still go to confession to be more direct and specific about that. I mean, you could do that during mass too, but we all need a cleanup. <laughs> so right. more often than not. Um, and there should be a des- desire in our heart for confession, for reconciliation, reconciling with God. Because how how are we supposed to get closer to God as sinners? We have to reconcile constantly, consistently. So, another thing to just be a practicing Catholic, we should be observing the laws of fasting and abstinence. Mm-hmm. On Ash Wednesday and Good Friday, and not eating meat on Fridays during Lent. Um, I've also heard, I haven't looked into this. I probably should. I've heard uh, Patrick Majord talk multiple times about how nobody knows about this, apparently, but like the fasting or fasting and maybe abstaining from meat on Fridays is like a church teaching or something that everybody should be doing weekly like yeah yeah so that's been that one's interesting because that's something that clearly especially not during Lent everyone does not do mm-hmm. um, I try to but mm-hmm. um, it's either we're supposed to do that or we're supposed to do a different 
a prayer of yeah. penance or something like that. Yep. And that's the thing that... So is it fasting that, and abstinence of meat, or which one is it? I, th- I think it's just abstinence from meat. I'm okay. pretty sure. Yeah. Because it's sense. easiest. It's just easiest to not eat meat on Fridays in general. I mean, that's not that's not too hard. Just mm-hmm. have... Just have bean, bean burritos or some fish or something, you know, it's yeah. not like, but yeah, no. And I think it also used to be always a grave matter to not eat meat on Fridays. And I don't remember if it was the USCCB or even the Vatican that changed that. Hmm. And a lot of people I know were upset that they did. But it makes sense to me because if I had the authority to make millions of people who were sinning without knowing it not sinning anymore, mm-hmm. I would. I would. Like, <laughs> like the uh, Protestants the, are rolling over angry right now with what you just said, right? <laughs> <laughs> that one I don't begrudge too much. Because sometimes you just forget, you know? Yep. And then that's happened to me countless times where I'll eat meat on Friday and I, I just... And we're not talking about in Lent right now because you should never eat meat on a Friday in Lent. Mm-hmm. But it used to be the same for the whole year. And, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll have eaten meat and I'll be lying in bed and it'll be like 11 o'clock at night. I'll be like, oh, shoot. And then you could just say a few prayers, though, in remembrance of... Good Friday, mm-hmm. and that's that's good. That's your Friday mortification. That's what it's called. Mm-hmm. But so, you're not, don't just eat meat intentionally and be like right. Like, like I, I, still, I guess you could probably, but it's like you could, but then do something more intentional. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't wait till you're yeah. half asleep and then. <laughs> Oops! I have um, to say a hail mary for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that was um, in youth group. We used to sometimes we would end on Sunday night, or the he yeah they would say let's give let's give Jesus a round of applause for dying on the cross, and everyone would clap. And I was like, I was like, yo, this is (laughs) this is the best we can. This is the best we can do. That's kind of brings me back to there's a quote from St. Padre Pio it's like something along the lines of like clapping Um, let me look it up it's like yeah we should be thankful to Jesus for dying on the cross for us but not that kind of thankful like Mm -hmm. if somebody took a bullet for me i wouldn't stand there next to them and just applaud yeah like it's kind of unhinged in a weird kind of way mm-hmm. that's what that's kind of, that's what that always feels like when you just forget to do anything in as a friday mortification and so you say a hail mary while you're falling asleep to me that always kind of feels like let's give jesus a round of applause for dying on the cross yeah. you know yep it's basically you clapping at Calvary. <laughs> like if you're clapping at mass, something mm-hmm. with um, a quote like that. Yeah. It's I like, mean, that is what you're doing. Yeah. 
yeah, I, I don't know. I can't find it, but yeah, it's something like that, and so it's not good. You should not be clapping. That you then you're the enemy. Mm-hmm. You should be mourning the loss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The death. Um, that's a different topic. <laughs> We could talk about. Um, also, to be a practicing Catholic, should be supporting the church financially. Whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I would say that that looks a little different depending on what season of life you're in. Mm-hmm. Obviously, most of the most of our audience is people our age or a little bit younger than us college students really um yeah if you're if you're in a situation in life like you're still in college where you can't really give much to the church i would still recommend volunteering mm-hmm. for the church as much yep. as possible mhm yeah. But yeah, I've often heard it said though that the what is the tithe? Five percent income is what I is I thought it was ten, I thought, but might be, it's five or ten, I can't remember. But either way, I've heard it said that once you actually do that, it's like financially freeing. You know? Mm-hmm. Like often you'll find things just kind of fall into place. Yep. With the rest of your finances. So. Yeah. That's good. Also, if you want to be practicing Catholic, uh, this might be fairly obvious, but you should be um, observing and obeying the Ten Commandments. Yep. Yeah. Um. I think that's pretty much it, but you also obviously should be um, following and accepting all church teaching. Yep. Um, And you should be, you have to go to Mass on Holy Days of Obligation. I mean, it sounds pretty obvious because they're Holy Days of Obligation. Obligation. (laughs) And, uh, but it's sometimes if you're only going to Mass weekly it's sometimes tough to i mean if you grab your parish uh, bulletin it shouldn't be overly hard but sometimes it, it can be hard to tell when those are if you're not pra- or if you're borderline practicing mm-hmm. um depending on how long you've been in the catholic faith um but yeah i think those are the main the main yeah so that is that is it actually hopefully it, hopefully it didn't sound too hard for you guys like the it's kind of like the list of what you have to believe to be catholic is short it's like 12 things hmm. it's kind of it, this always reminds me of that because it's like you don't actually have to believe in purgatory to be Catholic. Mm-hmm. That's it's not a yeah, it's not a dogma. Or, it 
Yeah, it would make logical sense because it's a church teaching that's been backed up a couple times, but it's not dogma, so you don't technically have to. So you don't technically have have to believe in the Marian apparitions either. No, you never have to say a rosary. Like you don't have to believe in a lot of things, <laughs> but you obviously have to believe in more things than other uh, divisions or not divisions because this is not a division you have if you want to be in a denomination what was I getting at you have to believe a little bit more because it's like those have have pieces you have to believe more than the other you have to believe more than the divisions of Christianity Mm mm-hmm because those have, they all have pieces of the truth, you know? Mm-hmm. And the parts of those beliefs that are true are true, you know? That is completely true. Yep. But then they're not the full truth. Exactly. So, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting. There's a lot of, I, especially with the dogma, the list of dogma, there's a lot of protestants that would probably fit into that or into most of them at least yeah Um, i don't think all of them but no this that would be like papal infallibility is kind of a big one that they probably would not (laughs) but that's i mean the protestant communities are they are like dismembered pieces of the catholic church right Mm mm-hmm like if you're chopping paper and you accidentally cut your thumb off it's like oh that's lutheranism because <laughs> <laughs> the thumb all by itself i mean it's still part of a person but it's it's just a thumb sitting there you know right so yeah yeah um yeah being catholic is is the best Mm mhm we get to keep our thumbs we get to experience what it's like to be in the body of Christ to the full fullness Mm mhm We, I mean, yeah, we are the body of Christ. The Mm -hmm. Catholic Church is the body of Christ. And Christ being the head. What other Mm -hmm. church can say that? Their pastor's the head. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I mean, of course, not in every situation, but yeah. I love love going through the 1001 Reasons Why It's Great to Be Catholic book, because it's just straightforward mm-hmm. but yeah we can we can wrap this one up we don't have to get into that this this time but you guys all just remember you know Christ can't have multiple brides he only has one bride yep. and so 
You, that's, you tell and me. And that's the church, yeah. You can't tell me it's, oh, it's every Christian. It's the Christian church out there, the the community of Christians combined. It's like, no. Because how does... Well, if we bring it back to the body of Christ, how does it function? As yeah. a body being different. If there's no... If there's such disunity in the church... Yeah, I mean, literally. If you, if you cut your arm off, your arm is no longer part of your body. It's it's just a thing mm-hmm. sitting there. I mean, it was, and you could reattach mm-hmm. it. Yep. But, yeah. And that's what those are. They are mm-hmm. was. They were. There was. That's what they are. They are mm-hmm. wases. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wases. So much hope, so much joy in the in the faith. So, yeah. Michael, would you yeah. like to... I'll close this out in a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. He- Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for the gift of your Catholic Church. We thank you for the ability to be members of of the body of Christ. We thank you for the sacraments and the wisdom and the teaching and the magisterium and all of the wonder, the blunders in church history that have all led us to truth. Lord Jesus, we thank you for all of this. We ask you to bless our listeners and be with them and us. We ask all this in your precious and holy name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So yeah, uh, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Go share it with a friend. Share it with a family member. And until next time, from... Michael and I to you. God bless you all. Peace. Subscribe to that Patreon.